Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bull, Director of Public Affairs, and we have only three weeks left in the legislative session here in Jefferson City. We're going to get an update from B.J. Tanksley on where things stand on agriculture provisions, and we are just around the corner, hopefully, from getting the Farm Bill on the floor in the United States House of Representatives. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk to Spencer Tuma to see where things are headed with that. So let's go ahead and get started. B.J. Tanksley is our Director of State Legislative Programs, and we have three weeks left in session, I believe, so we are getting right down to crunch time. Uh, B.J., we had several things that have moved in the past week or have quit moving in the past week. Uh, One of those items is related to the broadband issue. Could you tell us what's going on with that? Yeah, so last week, um, an issue that we've been talking about for a while, obviously we've been talking about broadband and all the different aspects of broadband. One of those is has been dealing with the cooperatives and their use of easements to facilitate broadband. And um, that's electric cooperatives you're talking about, right? Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, electric cooperatives using their existing easements to facilitate broadband deployment across the state. Uh, Missouri Farm Bureau adopted policy that said that we believe they should be able to use those existing easements to facilitate broadband deployment um, without additional compensation. There's an existing lawsuit going on right now. Um, we It's been hung up in the courts, differing decisions from one to the other, um, and so it's been hung up in the courts. They were wanting to pass a bill going forward that said that they can use those easements, that a, that a landowner could still go to court to sue for any changes of the property, and that that compensation should be fair market value. That basically, if you hurt the property or hurt the use of the property, that there could be compensation for that, but that otherwise, um, you wouldn't see additional compensation. Um, the truth is, from a landowner's perspective, the landowner doesn't see anything different for the most part. 90% of the time, it's just the same gauge wire running. It just has fiber um, in that same enclosed wire as well. And so it's nothing that the the landowner doesn't see anything different for the most part. Um, So we had adopted language in in favor of that. And we were in favor of House Bill 1880 um, that was moving through the process. Last week, it ran into a pretty heavy roadblock um, where um, I guess it was Wednesday when it was laid out. It was um, stalled by a a senator who had the right to do so for personal reasons. It really wasn't about the the substance of the bill. Um, It was paused for a couple of hours. And then we brought it back on Thursday thinking, okay, well, we got we got through that, um, and let's see if we can't get this out of the way. Well, when it came back up, it was obvious that there were some more issues with the bill. And I'll just be completely honest, um, the uh, the trial attorney, um, people that lobby for those in the, in the Capitol said, uh, we want to still be able to sue for additional damages and get some of those big suits. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to take a shot, uh, but yes, they, they want to be able to sue and get those big dollars. Whereas from our perspective, we see there's no real change in the use of the easement. There's no hurt in the property value. If there was, there was still a, ca- a chance for a suit. Um, but we thought, uh, we want to we see broadband out there. The truth is, did this lay any new mile of fiber? Probably not. But the, the truth is, this got out of the way of one of the issues that is keeping some cooperatives from facilitating broadband through their existing infrastructure. If we could really tap into that existing infrastructure, it would really facilitate a lot of broadband deployment. We know that in some areas, the co-ops aren't going to be a player in the broadband game. The existing providers do a great job of that. In some of our most rural areas, the co-ops may be the only case to bring Mm -hmm. it because they can take long-term financing. They're not investor-owned, so they don't have to answer to those. They answer to the people 
people who own the cooperative. Mm -hmm. And that's another one of the big points I would make on the bill is if the owners of the co-op didn't like them facilitating broadband over their infrastructure, they can change the leadership of the co-op because, as we all know, co-ops are member-owned. Those people who pay the bills are the ones who run the company. So you could get new boards of directors and change the direction of the co-op. So um, we really rested on the fact that the members own the co-ops, um, and that was why we felt comfortable with allowing that facilitation of, of broadband over existing easements. So that was really a setback for, for the broadband deployment. Um, we'll see. There's still three weeks left, like mm-hmm. you said. Hopefully, we still have some opportunities out there. Um, but that hit some pretty heavy traction last week, and, and, and it'll be a it'll be a heavy ask um, as you get into these last weeks of session. Floor time becomes very precious, yeah. and so to bring that back up after it already took several hours on the floor, um, and it's going to be a heavy lift at this point. Sure, so. and, and that's one of the things that is one of the biggest differences between the federal legislature and the state legislature is there's a drop-dead date that you absolutely must be done with session. That's right. What, what is that date this year? The 18th of May. Okay. And so as of as of 6 o'clock on the 18th, all business stops, mm-hmm. whether there's major issues hanging out there. Now, we have seen special sessions brought, brought before. Um, I don't think this issue raises to that level, yeah. so I, I doubt that that comes up. But but at the 18th, at 6 o'clock on the 18th, all business has to stop no matter where you are. So um, that is true. Um, and time becomes very precious in these last few weeks. So That's we'll see sure. how that goes. Well, a couple of the other things that are on the plate for these last three weeks are uh, one of them is related to the wind turbine issue. What are we seeing happening happening there? Yeah, Wednesday, um, the House Committee, um, I think it's on innovation and technology, is having a hearing um, to de- determine whether or not to create a wind energy task force. You know, we've talked about this previously, I think, early in session about our members adopted policy in favor of a wind energy task force to look into the issues um, uh, as we see expanded wind energy across the state of Missouri. You know, some of the maps from just just a few years ago, showed that the far northwestern Missouri was about the only place capable of bringing wind energy. Well, with new technology and bigger windmills, we've seen that spread from just northwest to all across northern Missouri, and there's even a proposed project in uh, southwest Missouri. Mm -hmm. So as we see more and more wind energy, we've seen some areas where these projects come in no problem whatsoever. Um, We've seen some areas where when these projects took place, it's really hurt communities. Landowner versus landowner, land rights versus land rights. Uh, And so we think that this is a a, a good step forward for the state. Let's take a look at the issues that surround these, whether they be compensation, eminent domain, property rights issues. What are the counties going to do with the additional funding? You know, because it doesn't last forever. You know, what happens when the wind energy, when the windmill's taken down? Do they get? Uh, do they have a decommissioning fund? Uh, what happens to the landowner when if this were to not move forward? Um, so there's a lot of those issues that I think just take the summer. Let's look at it. Let's look at some of these issues and let's move the state forward in a uniform manner. Mm-hmm. Not that the state has to tell every county what to do, but that they could lay out some. Here's some issues you should look at. If wind is coming to your area, it could be a great thing. But here's some pitfalls you may want to help navigate around. Or for the landowners, here's the questions you need to ask yeah. when these people are looking to come to your area. So yeah, that could be very helpful to to people who don't have never dealt with this before because it's yeah. always brand new if it comes to town. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, just let's bring it all to the light. Let's talk about some of the issues. There may be some fears that are unfounded. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that a committee could really uh, have the opportunity to lay out what is and what isn't and help move the state forward in a uniform manner. Yeah. And uh, another issue that 
is hopefully going to get addressed in that time frame within the next three weeks is an agriculture omnibus bill. Yeah, so we've seen a House, omnib- House omnibus agriculture bill and a Senate uh agriculture omnibus bill. Both have passed their original house and are in the opposite now. Um, most of them contain different different levels of, of different uh, options, but we do see options on both sides. But we'll see how those move forward. Hopefully we can get some of those things fixed. Uh, one of the big things we'd be pushing for in an ag bill would be uh, ag land valuation, which uh, helps add some protection for agriculture so we don't see drastic increases in taxation. Uh, so we would like to see that get done in these last weeks. There's also uh, issues dealing with working animals, the clean water law. And so we've seen those. We've, we've gained positive movement on both sides. But at this point, we just have a couple of weeks to try to get them through the opposite side. So we'll be working to try to get those things done. And uh, that's what we'll be focused on these last few weeks. Sounds good. Well, you got a lot of work ahead of you. I hope. Yes, it's going to be a busy time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll look forward to talking to you about next week. Yes, thanks a lot. Spencer Tumas, our director of national legislative programs, and this week con- Congress is on recess, so we have a little bit of a of a of a break. Um, we've been really rushing through trying to get the farm bill moving forward because of the fact that the election season is upon us, mm-hmm. and that really makes things slow down and come up the works in D.C. Um, but it sounds like over the past few days we've seen a little bit of movement uh, forward on. Uh, seeing a path that the Farm Bill might actually make it to the floor. We certainly have. Of course, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes, we do have a very narrow window of opportunity to get a Farm Bill done on time or hopefully ahead mm-hmm. of schedule um, in order to avoid an extension of the Farm Bill, which happened many times in the last process. Um, we talked about last week the House did approve their version of the bill out of the Ag Committee, and it's expected to come to the floor either next week or the week after. I have one source saying it will be be the first week of first week of May that's they're in session. Mm-hmm. And I have once another source saying that it'll be the second week that mm-hmm. they're in session. So um, hopefully we will have a farm bill passed out of the House uh, before Memorial Day at least. That would be very helpful to the process. It would mm-hmm. really significantly increase the chances of a final bill getting uh, worked out between the two chambers and then sent to the president. Certainly. The Senate, of course, they still have yet to release their bill text. I've heard word that uh, the Senate will release their chairman's mark, their bill text, when the House bill comes to the floor. So those two things should happen very close together. And then the Senate will get moving, hopefully through committee. And um, the goal at this time, from what I'm hearing, is to have the farm bill passed out of both chambers by June so Mm -hmm. that they can get the conference committee together later this summer. Yeah, and that would actually make it fairly plausible that it could really happen. Um, but getting it off the House floor is uh, one of the bigger challenges. Um, one of the things that we've also seen some discussion in the past few days is about the amendment process mm-hmm. and what that may look like. Uh, what are you hearing on that? So there's a lot of discussion talked about um, coming through the amendment process. Of course, uh, the Farm Bill in the House has taken a very partisan turn, and therefore it was only approved out of committee on a 26 to 20 party line vote. So that could set up a very interesting debate on the House floor. Um, in the past, there have been several amendments offered that would be harmful to crop insurance 
insurance and to farm programs. We certainly do not want to see those things included in the final bill. That absolutely would be a non-starter for the agriculture community. Uh, But there's some talk that those amendments might still come up. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the House Rules Committee is going to allow amendment-wise, and we'll have a better idea of how things are going to shape up for the floor debate. Sure. And the House is a very uh, different animal than the Senate. On on the Senate side, uh, basically any amendment can be offered uh, Mm -hmm. if a senator wants to offer it. On the House side, there's a committee, uh, like you mentioned, the Rules Committee, actually approves pre-approves rules and I'm sorry pre-approves amendments to be allowed to be offered and um, there's some real politics that goes into uh, those debates as to what's even going to be allowed uh, to be brought up on the floor and mm-hmm. I think that's sounds like that's um, caused some real consternation among the house members lately um, anything in particular that you think is going to be controversial there? So I, I think at this point, all of it's going to be yeah, controversial. Right. <laughs> um, so question, huh? so the, main, um, the main argument that's happening right now is what types of amendments and how many are going to be allowed to be offered on the farm bill. Chairman Mike Conaway is of the opinion that if you, as a House of Representatives member, are going to be a no vote on the final bill. So if you are absolutely positively not going to vote for this bill, even if your amendment gets in, then you should not be allowed to offer your offer your amendment to the farm bill. Uh, of course, that's caused a lot of controversy mm-hmm. in Washington, uh, but there are some, as you mentioned, kind of political relationships that exist there that <laughs> could make this a little more interesting. So the chairman of the Rules Committee is Representative Pete Sessions. Uh, Representative Sessions and Representative Conaway are both from the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. So that could have an impact on uh, what kind of amendments are allowed through through the Rules Committee. Yeah, and they're pretty close. A lot of the Texas delegation is very tight, and there's, mm-hmm. I don't know, something like 25, 26 members from Texas, and they oftentimes vote as a block um, just in the Republican conference. So right. uh, it could really um, get very interesting how that works out. Plus, there's some very difficult... Um, policy matters, policy issues that could come up for debate uh, that divide the Republican conference Mm -hmm. itself, um, including the sugar title or the sugar bill. uh, I'm sorry, the sugar portion of the bill. And um, also the the food stamp issue, the Mm -hmm. SNAP issue that we've talked about in the past couple of weeks um, could really bring some challenges. And, And then the Freedom Caucus and the people who are sympathetic to the Freedom Caucus who uh, really don't like the farm bill at all and would mm-hmm. love uh, to get the the safety net provisions of it on, right. the, on the agriculture side. Um, those people would probably be the ones, like you're saying, that even if their amendment was adopted as part of the bill on the floor, they still wouldn't vote for the bill. Mm-hmm. And I um, often have felt like, well, what's the point of offering an amendment if, uh, I, I guess I'm sympathetic to Chairman Conaway in some ways, that What's the point of offering an amendment if even if they adopted it, you still wouldn't vote for the bill? Sure. Yeah. No, that's that's a point, a, a good point and a point I think well taken and shared by a lot of members in the House of Representatives. Of course, the other side to that is that um, we do have freedom of speech in this country. And mm-hmm. so if you want to offer an amendment to a bill to try to make it better than um, or what you think would be better than um, there's a school of thought that believes you should have that right. So I, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of interesting arguments on both sides. Of course, we're going to be watching for amendments that might be harmful to crop insurance, which right. um, the Farm Bill has always been a target for. 
I'm sure that will not be different this year. Um, so we're hopeful that there's enough support within the House of Representatives and the Senate when the time comes to defeat those harmful amendments. Because, of course, our number one priority for the Farm Bill uh, is maintaining the current crop insurance provisions or strengthening strengthening them. Absolutely. That's been very um, a very strong message we've heard from our members for many mm-hmm. years, actually. Um, one of the uh, ways that our members can take action is through the MOFB Action Center. That's right. I believe we have an action alert uh, coming out pretty soon uh, regarding the Farm Bill. Absolutely. So we will have um, an action alert going out later this week where you can actually contact your member of Congress, so your member of the House of Representatives, um, and send them a message in support of the Farm Bill with no harmful amendments to farm programs and to crop insurance. So keep an eye on your email inbox. We hopefully will be sending that out either Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Great. And as we've mentioned several times, too, if you aren't already signed up for those and mm-hmm. want to get signed up, there is a um, link to that on the front page of our website, mofb.org. On the left-hand side, um, down a little bit, is a MOFB Action Center, where you can just put in your email address and be signed up for that list to get those alerts when they go out. Absolutely. Uh, one other that is still current on there is uh, related to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, when does that one expire and what can people say on that if they want to? So the current action alert that is up is um, for an open comment period to the United States Trade Representative where members can send their comments to the office uh, asking the administration to reconsider their position on imposing tariffs for the theft of U.S. intellectual property rights by the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Of course, again, this does not mean that we don't understand that China has violated international trade rules. We absolutely think that that needs to be addressed. However, we are concerned about the potential retaliation of China with some of those tariffs on U.S. soybeans, sorghum, beef, cotton, and many other agricultural products. So there is a message loaded into the Action Center saying that you know, we understand that China has violated the rules. We support action being taken against them. However, we are concerned about the retaliatory action that China has proposed and, and would urge the United States Trade Representative and their Chinese counterparts to come to a solution that addresses the problem and does not punish farmers and ranchers. Yeah, and so there's about um, a week and a half or so to continue to take action on that one. So. Yep, the comment period closes May 11th. Great. Wonderful. Well, appreciate your work on this and look forward to seeing how the Farm Bill progresses. All right, I'll have an update next week, hopefully. Great. Thanks. Thanks for listening this week. Please do go to our website and go to the MOFB Action Center to sign up to take action on those alerts that uh, I spoke with Spencer about. We always do appreciate when people do contact their uh, congressmen and the administration to let them know what your personal uh, desires and opinions are about policy. It really makes a big difference to them. So go to the website and do that today, and we will be back with you next week.